What's up, everybody? So I want to let you know that the Alpha Brain Golden Ticket Sweepstakes are still going on. And that's just a rad opportunity not only to stock up on your Alpha Brain or give Alpha Brain a try. Because if you haven't tried Alpha Brain, it's definitely one of those tools that's different than any stimulant you've had and gets your brain firing in an absolutely different way. And that's what our clinical research has shown, and that's what everybody who's tried it. You know, we've sold over a million bottles of Alpha Brain, and the results are in. It works. It's awesome. So this is a great opportunity, though, because if you get the Golden Ticket Sweepstakes, everybody is a winner, and there's a bunch of cool shit that we're giving away, from kettlebell sets to different other products, to discounts. Every single person is going to be a winner if you go to the golden ticket sweepstakes so check it out on it.com slash golden ticket and then enter the code and fill in the entry form there's going to be a grand prize for one of you which is going to be a trip out here to austin and on hq so you'll be able to come hang at the hq and do all the awesome on it things so definitely check it out go to on it.com slash golden dash ticket and get your 30 count or 90 count bottle of alpha brain even before there was on it I was looking for all of the best unconventional training methods that existed in the universe. And I found one that I fell in love with immediately. It was the steel mace. But it was super hard to find these maces. Like you had to go to really obscure websites. You had to go to obscure sites that showed you how to do it. And I didn't really know exactly what I was doing. But I loved the movement patterns. I loved the way that it could take you from not only linear movement patterns, but circular movement patterns, improving strength, improving balance, coordination. And it was just one of those things that I couldn't put down. And then as on it developed, we came out with our kettlebells. But pretty quickly after, we moved into the steel mace. We made our own. We made it accessible. We improved upon the technology and the ability to give everybody access to this really ancient training tool. I can even look back and remember the first DVD that I produced, and I wasn't even doing it exactly right, but it was still a hell of a workout for those of you who've looked into it. But now, with the Onnit program and John Wolf, this is on a whole new level. And the Onnit 6 training program is the epitome of how you can learn to train with the steel mace. It's a follow-along workout, so you don't even have to think about it. It will train you in the techniques and also give you a hell of a workout. If you haven't experienced the steel mace, you got to try it. Because not only are you working out, but you're having fun learning a new skill. It's rad. It's one of those things that whether I'm in Sedona, whether I'm in Austin, no matter where I'm at, if there's a steel mace around, I'm picking it up and I'm using it. It also includes some of my favorite mindset techniques, as well as some basics for nutrition and some recipes and everything we could put in to make this six weeks as successful as possible. Please check out this On It 6 program. It's the best that we could produce in-house, and I think it's the absolute best steel mace training program in existence, period, period, period. Go to onnit.com slash Aubrey, save yourself 10% on the program, and please check it out. I think you guys are gonna love it, and if you ever come by on HQ, I'll swing some maces with you. Go to onnit.com slash Aubrey. Thanks, fam. Gary Vaynerchuk is actually one of the people that doesn't need an introduction. He's just a bad motherfucker. He's an entrepreneur, he's an author, he's a speaker, and he's one of the most interesting thought leaders for anybody who wants to get off their ass and start following their dream to start going for their win, as I like to say. And in this podcast, we drive it a little bit off the beaten path. We talk about things that he hasn't talked about before. And I'm really excited to share 
this conversation with my friend Gary V. Gary, what's up, my man? Life is good, brother. It is good, isn't it? Yeah. That's one of the fucking things that, you know, I've had the opportunity to get to know you, not only in the professional context, but also just as a homie. And people always ask me, like, what's he like? What's he like? And I have to say, man, you're fucking happy. Like, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. You know, you were like one of the busiest and happiest people. Like, if you would turn the dials of both of those things up, a lot of times those things don't coincide, but for you they do. And I think the thing that I'm conscious of is off the screen, I'm real happy too, right? Like, you know, I think something, one thing that's really been interesting is as, as awareness around an individual grows, a level of responsibility comes along with it. I'm definitely at a point right now where I'm really am being thoughtful of like, look, there's a lot of eyes on me and a lot of people who are not happy are putting their eyes on me and I'm helping them through that. And I I need to be hyper sensitive in my own self of articulating things that I'm unhappy about. Mm -hmm. And, but what's been really interesting is I've been really on this kick for six or nine months I'm struggling to be unhappy because I've come to realize it's unbelievable how simple my life is. If I genuinely wake up in the morning and eight to 10 people are actually still alive, um, I'm just struggling to be upset about stuff. I'm, I don't yeah. know what else to say. I struggle with, my perspective on life is very simple, which is it's such a blessing it's so rare, you know. Um, last time we were here, I made a, a a video with you guys, and in there I talked about the four hundred trillion to one and that micro piece of content which I've chopped up and used. It's one of my most successful piece of content ever. Happened in this building yeah. a couple of years ago, and I I've really inter- I've always internalized it. I finally articulated it a couple of years ago, and I continue to internalize it, which is I am happy because I'd like to understand. I'd like somebody to sell me on what to be upset about. Well, it's a failure of perspective when you're it's upset. It's a failure of perspective. It really, it really is. And if you can keep perspective like you are in line, you are happy. I'll tell you what's really emerged. Entitlement. I was parented in a really, and my circumstances put me in a place where I just don't think anybody owes me anything. Not society, not, not the government, not people I do nice things for. That's a killer. Yeah. People struggle so much when they do something nice for somebody, they think that person owes them something. I'm I'm desperately trying to give more value to every person I ever cross paths with and never ask for anything in return. That is literally the framework of my life. My great hope is that I can bring more value to people than they bring to me and I'm never in a dire situation where I ever have to ask for anything in return. Well, you keep yourself in that abundance state, right? So you're not in need. You're not desperate. You don't have the expectation, oh, I'm giving this transactionally so that I receive this. And then when those expectations aren't met, then you have the hangover of that expectation, the sadness that comes from chasing that thrill of hoping to get something and then it failing. Instead, if you just give and have the act of giving be the gift itself, like, oh, I helped this person. And and I'm in that in a lot of ways. That's how, That's right. And then it's the same reason I'm an entrepreneur. Being an entrepreneur is the win. And I believe we're living through a great era right now where people are looking for the money and the things you can buy with the money from entrepreneurship. And that is why I believe that in the next decade, there will be an enormous conversation of people 
being unhappy entrepreneurs during this generation. Yeah. Because it is so in the air in your Instagram stream success and the perception of success. And I've really started to articulate something that feels really true to me, which is how do I, you know, I can only be responsible for myself. I hope it encourages others, but how do I start making happiness the true North Star, not money? I don't know what to say. Like, not stuff. Yeah. Like, well, anything that you place outside of yourself for happiness is going to be a dead end street, right? Because that thing is something that you'll have to constantly chase. That'll be the rabbit that keeps you on the greyhound track, always running around. Oh, if it's money, well, then you're going to need more money when you get money, and you're going to need more and more and more, and you'll keep feeding this thing rather than recognizing that happiness lives within us as soon as we acknowledge it. And for everybody who's watching right now, do not confuse this for a lack of ambition. I'm ambitious as fuck. <laughs> I just, you know, I just am really happy with the process. And and I'm also super weirdly happy with losing. Cuz like, that's the process. I lost to you in pool and in what is that thing again? Sauce. Sauce. <laughs> I beat you in free throws and darts. <laughs> I'm sitting here and I only want to play sauce and pool. <laughs> And yeah. I think there's something in that, right? The Rangers, New York Rangers, and the Yankees have won world championships during my fandom. The Knicks and Jets have not. I do not watch the Rangers and Yankees anymore. I'm diehard on the other two. I'm in it for the process. Like, I watch, I watched, uh, I was at the airport, I took a red, I told you off camera, I took a red eye, which I'm trying not to do for my own body and like rest and all that, but I did. And I was in San Francisco, and the Warriors game is on. And I actually just don't consume a lot of like stuff in general. But like I was watching this Warriors game and I grew up in the kind of like tech boom of 2005 through 11 in, and I'd go to San Francisco a lot. And when I tell you not one fucking human in San Francisco knew who the Warriors were in 2005 to 11, <laughs> not one. And I'm watching this game, it's the end of the game and I'm watching these fans celebrate. And there was just this wild feeling going through my body of almost like a really funny mix of like, I don't know, I, I find it crazy when people become bandwagon fans and think that they're successful through their team's success. Yeah, they use the word we when they're talking about a pro team. Yeah, and I do that as well, <laughs> you know, so I don't wanna be a hypocrite, but I'm literally talking about you don't like the team or care about it, then they start winning championships and you're going to games and you and then you're making fun of like hardcore Houston Rocket fans and I watch this play out on social and like in culture and I'm like, I don't know, I just, I think a bandwagon sports fan is one of the great tells of somebody who's insecure and it's just something that has always run through my mind. Literally, when I think about the Bulls fans and the Cowboy fans of my high school years in New Jersey when they were good, um, just a lot of those bandwagon fans in my school are not happy or successful. Well, when, they're, when you attach your identity to some other thing and then that identity makes you good whether or not that thing is successful or not. So if your identity is a sports fan of X team and you only feel good about yourself when X team is there because it's like you had some fucking insight yep. that, that made you smarter or made yep. you better or made yep. you something that your ego can latch mm -hmm. onto is like, I am superior right. to something else. And if you're in it for that, well, you might get a thrill every once in a while, but you're gonna have a lot of fucking heartbreak rather than being in it, as you were saying, being in it for just being a fan, 
whether you're winning or losing the it, joy of being a fan is being a fan not the fucking win it's crazy while you were just talking where my mind went it went to people's social media profiles versus their actual truth i am petrified that everybody is a pr version of themselves on social and that it's now a thing like a sports team mm. Yep. It was really interesting where my mind just went. I'm like, well, fuck, fuck. Those that's likes and those followers and that stuff. Like, you really meditate on that? I mean, the, the amount that you get out of that, the dopamine, Bro, people the are not validation. Po- people are not posting because they're petrified for it not to hit the metric of their prior post. <laughs> like, literally humans are not sharing stuff with other humans, which is like the core thing of why this all worked. Because they're worried that this picture of this coconut shake is not gonna do as well as the picture of them hiking and so they're literally not posting. I mean, to live a life predicated on your your success and happiness is predicated on likes or followers in a social network is is a very vulnerable state, but has always been our vulnerable state. Yeah. Do not confuse this. This is not a social media problem. This is a human problem. It's the same reason that people buy Mercedes that they can't afford, or buy homes that they can't afford, or wear sneakers that they can't afford, or. I mean, high school never really ends for 99% of people. Well, that was that initial tribal impulse, that evolutionary biology that <clears throat> that said, get along with the tribe, make sure the tribe likes you, you won't get exiled, and then the tribe will take care of you. But now there's no actual tribe that's hunting for food and foraging for fucking berries, but we've universalized it to social media and the entirety of the world so it can become this paralyzing thing that our brains which were used to the Dunbar number, which was 150 people, the maximum amount of people that you could actually give a shit about in your tribe really is what the psychologists assume. But now it's like everybody. And that's kind of fucking overwhelming. And I don't think we've really adapted. And I don't think people are really keen to how much of that social pressure actually affects us. And the modern day parent is blaming the network, not the way they're parenting their child. Right. With extraordinary forces. I, mean, this is, I want to stay on this. I apologize. This is a very big thing for me. There is no social network. It's a platform. Everything on Instagram was done by a human. People are like, Gary, I'm so crippled by this bullshit. And like, I'm like, delete Instagram. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm really, really, really passionate about accountability. We need to, we need to, we need to put it, we need to put it in the right place. We don't need to look the other way where there's systematic issues. There are. But we have to put accountability on a pedestal. Yep. Back to lack of entitlement, accountability, much of a kissing cousin of lack of entitlement, is such a driver for me. Every time something happens bad, I'm like, that's my fault. And that makes me happy, not sad. It makes me feel empowered. Yeah. I think with what we have to recognize is this is an extraordinary force. The access to social media is an extraordinary force. Doesn't mean it's good or bad. It's just a force that exists. So when you have a force that exists like that, it's the job of parents, it's the job of me and you, it's the job of everybody who's talking about it to just remind people like, this is a strong force, everyone. Use it for good, use it how you want, but be mindful of it. These are the ways that it can actually be using you. These are the ways that it can almost drag you like a like a drug addiction, right? Like it's fine to have a few glasses of wine, but if it's a bottle of wine every night, then the wine is using you, you're not using the wine. You know, and, and that's the exact same way you can look at social media. I, I, I believe that is absolutely true and I believe that we struggle when new things happen in our society to fully wrap our heads around them. The internet is the biggest impact on humans. You have to assume, I'm, I'm just, you know, 
fire. Like I'm, I'm talking like on a real level here. Like the internet, we are all super lucky. Like if you think about how long humans have actually been around, like the airplane seems pretty intense. Like there's a ton of shit that has happened, right? Electricity, I, the printing press, but like it's on that level. There's Bigger. a lot of people who, right? Yeah. But there's a lot of people who don't live, you know, I'm looking at this room, everybody kind of in an in a age group where like, the, like we are living through the beginning of the platform that arguably is one of the one to five biggest inventions and impacts on humans ever. And so that's intense. It just is. Like in some ways, certain generations had world wars and other things. Ours is this incredible acceleration of technology and look, this may seem mundane for somebody who's watching this in a thousand years because the robots took over. And like, there's just a million things that could happen. But we are in a very special time. And right now, we have gone into chapter two. Chapter one in 2005, six, seven, eight, nine, about all the maturity of the internet was Nirvana, right? It was all good. Look at all these people doing well. Super cool, super nice. The cliche thing that always happens is what's happening right now. Now we're demonizing it. America and humans love to build shit up and then tear it down. We loved building Zucks up. Now we're loving, demonizing him. And then we're gonna love for him to come back. Like this is what we do. Mm -hmm. um, I just really, really, really want people to stop blaming Instagram. Yeah. There is no Instagram, there's you. You don't like it, don't consume it. It's free. As you can probably tell, this podcast with Gary Vee is gonna get you fired up. It's gonna get you fired up to reach your potential in business, in entrepreneurship, with your mindset. But also, what's the foundation of all that? It's the body. It's getting the body to have enough energy, to have enough fuel, to be able to drive you towards your goals. And that's what On It is all about. So for some of you that are just coming into this podcast and don't know too much about On It, this is the foundation where I've put all of the information, tools, techniques, everything that I could think of to help optimize the human body. That's where it lives, onit.com. So please check it out. We have so many different things from Alpha Brain to optimize cognitive performance to Shroom Tech Sport to optimize physical performance to the total human, which is another level of what people think of when they think of a multivitamin to all of the training methodologies and training tools and even just the information that we have available at the Onnit Academy blog. So please check it out. Onnit.com slash Aubrey gives you 10% off of all of these tools and all of these training programs. And it's truly the best that myself, all the top athletes, all the top doctors could come up with. These are things that people can use to just bring themselves to the very best version of themselves. So check out onit.com slash Aubrey. And thanks for tuning in to this amazing podcast with Gary V. Yeah, I mean, just the same as don't, don't blame the wine. Don't you know, blame you're the, the one, wine. You're the one who uncorks it. 100%. You're the one who drinks it. And I understand that there's pressures and I understand that there's addictive tendencies and I understand the way that the brain works and I understand it's not easy and some people may have it rougher than other people and all that's understood. But fundamentally, it's your hand, it's your bottle, it's your corkscrew you know, you can make, you can make a different choice. And if you need help making that different choice, fucking go get help making that different choice. It's still though, like we, I agree with you with that accountability. Like we have to remember that this isn't about nerfing the whole world and saying, oh, video games and fucking Instagram, it's all bad and it's ruining the kids. Like, 
no, these are extraordinary forces. So let's acknowledge those and let's just teach and coach and like help people out. Sugar is an extraordinary force. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Right? Like, like I think I think that's right. But I think I think right now we're in a very convenient state and everybody's throwing around judgment and blame like it's free. And we need to I, I feel a huge sense of responsibility to articulate accountability lack of entitlement and positivity because I believe in it. And I understand, by the way, there's a, you know, it's funny. There's a very interesting thing going on here right now, which is there's an extraordinary amount of people that are content or happy. They just don't communicate, right? Like negativity by nature is louder, has always been. Your grandmother who's miserable was louder than your grandfather who's content. The problem is now words are being documented at scale. This has always been the way. There's nothing different right now. It's just that we can't look at our grandmother's tweets. Fuck, if we could. <laughs> I mean, my grandmother was one of the most super negative people I've ever come across in my life. In my life. Just unbelievably negative. Everything was negative. Every good thing that happened was a conspiracy theory. And and I used to be mad at her, and then I had to remind myself as I got older and more thoughtful, I'm like, this is a woman who lived in the Soviet Union, who went through World War II, and, you know, who saw some shit, and who lost her husband, and who had a, because I knew my great-grandmother too, had a negative, negative mother. And like, you become more empathetic as you become more thoughtful, but it doesn't take away from the fact that my grandma would have been spitting fucking venom on Instagram if that <laughs> shit was around in 1957. You know, and so, <laughs> like, I think we need to get into some real conversations, and right now, the conversations are lazy. Social media is bad. It's Apple's job to restrict it. And that's cool. I'm like fine with a, a level of like platform and government involvement. I'm fine with that. But like you'll always be disappointed if you think some big force is gonna save you. You'll always be disappointed. So just solve it for yourself. That's what we, but that's, people make money off that idea as well, which is one of the things that in the health world is is really challenging Ugh. to look at when people give some kind of diagnosis for every little thing and give some magical cure that's outside like of someone's control. Like apple fucking vinegar or fucking celery fucking <laughs> vinegar. Like I see all this shit, I'm like, what the fuck? Well, in anything, it's like this thing is out of your control. You can't fix it. Oh, you're having a little trouble focusing? Don't worry, we got you covered. Like you're broken, you're broken. Like all the messaging coming across is you're broken, we can fix you. You're broken, we can fix the you. The end. You know? Somebody, yeah, the end. Yeah. And I'm like, you're not broken. You're not broken. I, That's like, the secret. Like, Nobody here is broken. Nope. We all suck <laughs> shit at a ton of shit. We all are actually good at a couple of things. Spend all your fucking time trying to figure out what you're good at. And if God forbid one of those things is something you actually like too, you're off to the fucking races. Yeah. And if and if and in 2019, when you can make a podcast or an Instagram account or a Shopify store around Dragon Ball Z and make 73,000 a year doing that, that's real. What I just said is real. That's fucking crazy. That if you go pot committed, you have a job that you don't like, paying college debt that you're pissed about, but instead of coming home and having a beer and watching Netflix and playing fucking Fortnite to escape, I get it. You wanna escape, I get it. What I'm saying is just take a step back. Listen to me for a second. Come home 
and start building your Dragon Ball Z eBay account by buying shit on Craigslist and flipping it. Start a podcast and go Dragon Ball Z episode one. Here we are, da da da. Start an Instagram account around Dragon Ball Z. Build, 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 build. If you fucking did that around, somewhere 12 years ago, loved Black Panther. Somebody did. It was a rare comic book. It wasn't the biggest of the world, but somebody loved it. But they didn't think that they could build a business about Black Panther. What they didn't know was 10 years later, Black Panther was gonna be made a feature film that was gonna completely penetrate culture. If she or he had a podcast and Instagram account that really was the nichiest of niche Black Panther fans, which made no fucking sense 10 years ago, but it had its 43,000 people that fucked with Black Panther. When that movie came out and had that huge marketing budget, that motherfucker would have gotten 50,000 bucks to market the fuck out of that movie on his Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, Twitter, podcast, blog. And that same person right now is still sitting in their cubicle making 79,000 a year hating life. I'm fascinated by that. It's interesting, you know, like, it's almost like we all have the chance to drill our wells. And we drill our wells through our effort, through our sweat, through our focus, through our intensity. But the water table may may be at 300 feet. So if we don't go deep enough, you know, if we're just kind of casually fucking with Black Panther instead of really going deep and continuing to dig, we won't ever hit the water of being lucrative or the water of success. We may pull up at 200 feet. We may pull up at 250 feet and not get any water. And so there's no confusion. Somebody's going to go 400 feet. The, uh, the great thing is that we could all do it. The bad thing is we can all do it. So now mm. you're competing with the world. You yeah. know, there's a lot of people that started wine videos in 2008 after mine popped. Every liquor store in America started their wine show. They just weren't good enough, <laughs> right? There's a lot of people trying to do Gary Vee videos on Instagram every day. A whole, whole, whole <laughs> lot. A lot more of those than wine shows <laughs> in 2008. But they're not good enough because it's not true. Yeah. Like the only way to really win is to be true. You got to be it, man. You got to fucking it. be it. You know, I had an interesting thing happen last night. So yesterday I was out shooting hoops so I could hopefully beat you today, which yeah. failed. Yeah. I lost. By but- the way, when we replay the <laughs> tape, I genuinely think after you drilled that first one, the subtle like way I <laughs> yeah, passed yeah. it back to you make fu- you move and then we talk me. about it. And then it. I laugh. I really believe in that shit. <laughs> it worked. I-, I believe the majority of victories that I've had in physical sports <laughs> things have been completely mental victories, non-physical ones. Well, this all right. So so Gary throws, throws the ball with the wrong <laughs> spin, so I have to go reach for it. But I definitely actually soccer kick it back to myself. And actually what fucked with me too was, all right, I see Gary playing that trick. I know what it's supposed to do. But look at how smooth I was with that soccer kick. But so I'm fucking patting myself in the back. And I'm on my head. Because the brain, <laughs> the brain is the operating system. Yeah. And what happened was I stopped the ebb and flow of what was naturally <laughs> going to happen. And then you are so in the brain too that you almost overcorrected. Yeah, totally. And away we go. And I, <laughs> I pull off a stunning victory. <laughs> well, in my efforts to go try ahead. and prevent go that ahead, from happening, I'm out there shooting hoops in my backyard. And I've lived at this house for almost seven years. And in the front of the house, there's a drainage ditch. And the drainage ditch has some embankments. And it has some places where like, the drain kind of has a tunnel. And I just would think, all right, this is the drainage ditch in front of my house. I never thought another thing about it. Well, yesterday, there's a kid on a BMX bike. And I'm out there shooting hoops. And he is just ripping through my drainage ditch, <laughs> jumping over the things, hitting the embankment, riding it like a vert ramp, and then, and then going back and like peeling out. And I was like, whoa, I never saw the front of my yard as a BMX fucking terrain park. But he did because that's what he does. Like he was clearly like he is that dude. 
He was the dude who could see that as a terrain park. And whoever you are right now, wherever you are, you're the dude that sees something that someone else doesn't see, that the owner of the fucking house never saw once. I had no idea. I was like, that's just the annoying part that if I fall off the driveway, I'll get stuck. Like, But I didn't see it as a BMX terrain park, but we all have that ability. I'm, we all I'm have such something a fan there. Of, I'm such a fan of what you just said. Honestly, you know, usually when I go on podcasts or things of that nature, I'm like trying to answer the questions. I'm thinking, I've already done it once here. I'm listening, so I'm thinking of new things to say. That really stopped me dead in my tracks, and I'm going to tell you why. I'm obsessed with perspective. Like, I genuinely believe you find what you're looking for. If you are looking for bad right now, it's a piece of cake. If you're looking for good right now, it's a piece of cake. I'm just asking you, what the fuck are you looking for? Mm. Like, please, it's just a very simple question. Like, and by the way, I, I hate, in a lot of ways I hate the way I talk because it's super simple and I'm sitting right now thinking about the kid who's listening to this and she or he is in her room right now, earpods in, listening to this and they're miserable because their dad's an alcoholic or their mom's this, or like real shit, you know, like tough stuff. And they're like, ugh, it's so, like fuck you. It's not that simple, yet it is. Like, you know, one thing I don't do well is talk about my problems, it, which manifests in many ways. It manifests in being taken for granted in my real life and in my collective life, my outward life. And I got fucking problems. I got lots of problems, real ones. I grew up with lots of this stuff. Like, lots and lots and lots of stuff. I just am not capable of going into it. Like, I don't, I don't get going. Like, I can't get there. And so, one of the things that, I, you know, that I try to remind kids, I'm like, take me out of the equation. Like, don't even use me when I'm saying these things. If you know of one person that has ever gotten to a happy place that dealt with your circumstance, there is a blueprint. The end. It, there have been people, Night Train Lane, legendary football player, was thrown in a dumpster the second he was born. Went on to be one of the great football players of all time, dated every actress in the game, mm. was Red Fox's bodyguard, Iconic gentleman. Dumpster. Like, like there's all sorts of circumstances. Yep. And we all have our fucking dumpsters. Everybody's Every, got a dumpster, everyone. bro. And, and, and you know who has dumpsters? I apologize. You know who has dumpsters? Kids that have too much. You want to talk about who I'm actually getting hit up by? It's not the kid in the hood that saw me with, you know, Gunna, and they think I'm cool now, and they're like, how do I get other? It's kids that are trust fund babies who are sick. Listen, and I know this. I never judge somebody that comes from a shitty circumstance. I'm a cheerleader. I'm an underdog guy, right? I cheer that. I see, I, I meet you and we're friends and then like we're at a dinner party and my friend comes home and goes, you know who that is, right? Like that's the grandson of fucking Howard Hughes. I immediately judge that person. Nothing that person ever achieves, I'll give credit to. That's me, that's actually how I see the world. I will not fully give credit to my own children because of that reason. I really, I'm being very transparent here. I would much rather in a world of the internet where the internet doesn't care who you are, I would much rather in 2019 come from too little than come from too much. Not in 1984, because there was no internet and all those relationships and all that money really mattered. But I believe that we're living in a very funny time where clout, reputation, work ethic, a lot of different things are starting to be put on pedestals, not just money and earning your keep and who you are and what you're giving to the world. and. I think we're living in a very interesting well, transition. Well, I mean, whatever you have, it changes your start position and that can be overwhelming, right? It's all about what you do with what you have from where you, where you begin, And right? by the way, it's all perspective, right? For me, as somebody who takes so much pride in the process, 
I wouldn't have wanted to start on third and a half base. Somebody else listening right now is like, I'm pretty cool with it. Pretty pumped, pops. Well, you just, 50, then, you know, then you, and if that's you fine. start on third and a half base, you better fucking hit it 500 feet or, and keep but, killing way, it, right? But here's where it's really fun. Here's where it gets super like interesting. Or not. And guess what? Who the fuck are all of us? <laughs> You're on yeah. third and a half base and you end up on second <laughs> and a half base. And what? You're gonna, and this is actually the punchline. I want, like actually if somebody's listening right now, if you're somebody who's like 50, 60, 70 and you started in third and a half base and ended on second and a half base but you're pumped as fuck and happy for real, please email me. I'm really like, I just want to know that insight because I actually think it's the reverse of me. What, ha- it, it, excuse me, I think it's similar to me which is what actually happens when you can calibrate judgment? I believe one of the biggest reasons that I'm one of the forefront faces of all this is because I can handle the judgment. How much hate I have? There's a video right now of a young woman doing a motivational speech. She crushed it. It's going a little viral on Twitter. I'm getting destroyed by the comments. <laughs> They're like, yeah, fuck that Gary Vee guy. I know that's who you're freaking making fun of. That hurts. And most people are folding their chairs when they get judged like that. I'm not because I know every one of those people who said that have never met me. I can handle judgment if you don't know me. If Caleb and Nick Dio thought I was a dick face, then I would have a real problem. Well, then it's a truer reflection. But even it's, even it's, still, it's not the truest. Like oh, are, we correct. ourselves are the truest mirror of ourselves. If we actually are fair and we actually look without the biases that we all bring, then we're the only ones. I mean, Bodie Miller was someone who taught me so that, true. right? He was like, if someone pumps your tires, they don't know you. If they congratulate you on that, like he would get congratulated on finishing a race and he didn't like the race, he couldn't take that. He's like, well, I didn't fucking ski at my best. And he would ski his best sometimes, crash or not finish well, and everybody like, oh, sorry, man. He'd be like, fuck you, man. Like, I fucking skied my best. You know what I mean? Man, honestly, like that just got me fired up about Bodie. I'm the same way, man. Like, Like, it's unbelievable how I just, I do not take the accolades and I do not take the hate. I'm just fucking in the middle. I'm in my own head. It's really a reflection of who's saying it. It's not a, even a reflection I'll, I'll of you, honest, it's their projection I'll appreciate, of you. You'll appreciate this. It doesn't even go that far, bro. Honestly, <laughs> I've got ear pods in 24 seven. Can't hear shit. From my mom to a stranger, just don't hear it. I don't know what else to tell you. I'm in a very fucking place, a very interesting place on this. It, you know what it's driven by? Empathy. I know they don't know me. They don't know me. They just can't fucking begin to know me. Like, I hate Scottie Pippen. I don't know Scottie Pippen. So I understand it. I fucking hate Scottie Pippen. I, I <laughs> despise Tom Brady. And, for, and I actually know a lot of people that know him and it sounds like he's a fairly solid dude. I still fucking hate him. And so like, if I'm willing to do that, then everyone's willing to do that. And everyone and then gets permission to do that. And that's it. And know, so like, like but, but I think judgment is on tilt. Judgment is like fucking... I'm telling you, man, like, that's all we're doing now. People are just fucking hot taking each other 24 7, 365, casting judgment at scale. Judgment is on tilt. Judgment is, uh, has momentum. Judgment is the, is, the, is the undertone right now. And honestly, I want to push so against it or calibrate it. Yeah. You know, like, I'm I just, I, I've lost so much momentum in judging somebody you can't imagine in the last five years. Everybody does it, it's a human trait, but like, mine doesn't get going anymore. Like, I'm just like, I don't know anything about anybody. It's true. What the it's fuck? hard enough to know ourselves, let alone sucking somebody else. Like, to really have a clear view of us who was looking in the fucking mirror back at us, like, to really see that shit, I mean, that's hard enough work, let alone somebody else, another entire human <sighs> being and all of the pressures and all the urges and all and, the uh, things. Uh, and the amount of hypocrisy people spit, like, just like, 
oh fuck that guy, look what he just did. And like literally they did that shit yesterday. Like I just see it every day, it's crazy. Like, yeah. like I'm just shocked by people's ability to be such insane hypocrites. Well the ego needs to put them in a position where they feel superior. The ego only judges itself in relative positions. So no matter what, if someone's uncomfortable we, with their relative position, they'll have to make bro, a fucking adjustment. We have to fucking redefine ego. Cause for some reason a lot of alphas like to think ego's decent. Let me just explain this very clear to everybody, straight up from one man's point of view. Ego is insecurity with makeup on. So like we need to redefine ego because when people hear ego, 40% of it like, yeah, but the fucking ego, like they, they think there's a lot of good with that. Do not fucking confuse confidence with ego. Ego is fucking insecurity. It is not confidence. It's fucking insecurity. Yeah, yeah, always. Because it's, it's always trying to put yourself in as I said, not absolute position, not where you absolutely know who you are and absolutely know what you're doing and you're not phased by other people. It's all relative. It's all based on some fucking delusional Wizard of Oz, you know, sorcerer game where you're trying to create some structure and some rule book for life itself in which this person is below you or this person had this advantage or this person had this disadvantage, you know? Playing up your disadvantages is also another game like, oh, well, I'm in the most disenfranchised group of the disenfranchised group of the disenfranchised group. So basically I can't lose. And you were in this, in this enabled group. I mean, that's something that I get all the time. My dad was a successful commodities trader. He went insane before Onnit was ever successful and I never got a dime from him. But some people will go look up my father. Oh, he was a commodities trader. Look at this fucking rich boy. Of course you created Onnit. Of course. And, I'm like, and then that's a way that they I can put themselves I built a huge business me. for my parents. And get, <laughs> I fucking took 22 to 34 Gave up my entire, this is insane to me in hindsight. Gave up my entire best dude years to spend every minute in a liquor store to build a business for my parents, left at 34, had no money, so much so that VaynerMedia started in the conference room of Buddy Media because I had no fucking money to even pay rent. And all that, you know, and a, a, and a small percentage of people, anytime I say anything's like, but daddy's liquor store or, you know, and then it manifests yeah. or he was given $4 million. Like I, <laughs> yeah, I read yeah, yeah. this shit sometimes and yeah. I'm like, and honestly, I mean it. I'm like, fuck man, I feel bad. Like for that person to like want to say that because it makes them feel better that they're not willing to put in the work or they're unhappy or whatever is going on for them. That makes me feel like, you know, sympathy. Like honestly, like I, this is what I'm trying to tell people. This is a good topic. There's a lot of you out there that are happy, that are successful, and you're and one of the things that's happening is you're putting out stuff and you're being crippled a little bit by the comments and you get angry. And and we've created this term trolls. I don't look at it as trolls. I really don't. A lot of my friends back in the day were like, "Why do you feed trolls?" I'm like, "Because I respect other people's points of view and I want to learn from conversation." Like everybody now is just like trolls, 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 and any negative thing you get, people dismiss as hate. Haterade, trolls. I fucking read that shit. I read it because I would never want to become a caricature of myself. I need to make, you know, do, I, need, I need to calibrate it. It definitely doesn't bring me down. Mm -hmm. I want to understand it. It allows me to adjust and I have to adjust. We all have to adjust. I just think there's a lot of things going on in the system, but I, but I really want to get people's minds more quiet because it is just one big game of are you valuing other people's opinions or are you valuing your own process? And just the validation from others is a, is a no-win game. And I don't know what happened. I mean, I know what happened. Parenting and circumstance and environment. In hindsight, my ability to navigate high school without peer pressure, which is what I did, straight up. Like, 
it's been fun for my high school friends to be hitting me up on Facebook and stuff of that nature, you know? They're just like, yeah, you really did do that shit. Like, I just didn't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. I was selling baseball cards, and by sophomore year, you said something in the gym. You're like, I was into magic. So and, into it. And then you're like, and then I gave it up, and I literally, where my brain was, I'm like, yeah, because you're a good looking dude, and you got to high school, you're like, <laughs> I'm not getting fucking bitches if I play magic. No, I, Gary, let me tell you how it actually went happened. Please. I was playing, I had, my little, my, I had my little magic circle yeah. out in California. I yeah. used to play at this fucking Johnny's Pizza, Love. and there was this one fucking kid who would just always beat Dominate. me and take my cards. Yep. Whatever, I would battle him, I would sweat, and we'd listen to Rolling Stones, and I'd usually lose. But nonetheless, I was fucking feverish about it, and I was in it from the drop. And then when my parents were like, hey, we're moving to Texas. So I was like, no, we can't. Nobody plays magic there in Texas. Well, like my circle. I was like eighth grade. Love and you. I, it was like, I, I was wrecked. This nerd Aubrey is my I favorite. Was, I was fucking, this is my favorite Aubrey. I was fucking wrecked. Because yeah. then there wasn't like internet. There wasn't like a, a, an app that I could right. go like. It was over. Find the Magic the Gathering no. circle near you. You were done. some fucking Tinder for Magic yeah. the Gathering yeah. player. No, there was nobody. Was and I got to fucking. Dude, I went to college and lost every friend I had. Like we didn't have phones. Like you didn't talk, like it was over. Like these kids don't get it. Like it was over. Yeah. And, and that's that was it. and that's when and so, that's, what so happened? I didn't have so you I, came there's here, no players. No went, players. So what happened? And then so you leaned into slowly, sports. Yeah, I leaned into yeah. basketball, yeah. leaned into yeah. the girls also of course, did. Of course. Did for sure come. Yeah. But nonetheless, like, well, I probably would have point, stayed I didn't give up baseball <laughs> cards for girls cuz I was quiet. I was like this and like and to that point, it's really funny though. I gotta be honest with you. There's something happening with me in the last three to four weeks where I'm starting to get ambitious. I am starting to see the fruits of my labor. I am starting to see young alpha dudes start to throw around words like gratitude and empathy and kindness and it's really starting to really make me feel good and it's like really fucking with me. It really is exciting and I do think, you know, much like you know, you do. There's a real interesting reason that I gravitate towards you. You have some strong points of view that are not fully accepted. You, Ferris, others, and I don't consume a lot of content, so I don't need. I'm gonna tread lightly here because since I don't really, it's very top of line, right? But like, everything's cool in moderation as a simplification of me melting. Like, I think you're talking about things that are gonna really show that you're historically correct, and I think you're gonna help people. You're giving people permission, and as somebody who was super affected also by his mother on the Nancy Reagan kick and has never fucking done a single drug in his life, never done anything, anything, I'm, I'm inspired by it. I mean it. Well, thank you, brother. I'm, I mean it, because I'm seeing you do shit, again, you know, because I don't really consume, I'm very, I'm very funny in my process, but I know you're up to something that is a different thing. It's mm-hmm. a different category of things. You know, one thing you've touched on in the past that has hit my radar, I think, I think I'm talking about parenting and insecurity and truths that people are uncomfortable with. I think America's unbelievably uncomfortable with sex and like, you know, like and yep. drugs. And yep. I, I know that you're playing a little bit in that space. And and I'm that really sounds really fun, but it's a, but it's a little less, a little less, less fun, fun. But yeah, it is less fun. Yeah. You're doing it from a far more thoughtful, uh, really, really thoughtful, like mental place, in my sure. opinion. Yeah, from a, from a soulful place, you know, and what and we're I talking about is psychedelics and I, open relationship. And right? I think you're talk, and I think you're creating safeness. That's what I think you're doing, uh, and that's what I'm trying to do. I think we have an entire generation of people that are trying to be successful, and I have enormous ambition to redefine it. 
I just really want people to be happy. It's so much more fun to be happy. It's so fun to be happy. It's super fun to be happy, bro. <laughs> and 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 I don't mean pretending to be happy. And I don't mean what everybody's doing, which is spending all their time to appear happy. And so I'm a yeah, I'm really in it right now. I'm in a zone. And you know what? Like the th- the key one of the keys that I find to happiness is when happiness lives in the moment in the moment you're in and really happiness is acceptance of the moment you're in and like whatever process that might be and just recognizing that and whenever you're doing something for some other reason and projecting it's harder to be happy there's a good example of this this morning this morning i'm taking a fucking selfie in the sun i don't do that often but i was like ah nice sun it's an important day i'm gonna take a fucking selfie cool and there is the butterfly that came well i don't get a lot of butter- butterflies in my backyard this butterfly comes wafting by me and i was like Ooh, sweet. I can get a selfie with a butterfly, <laughs> right? And and so I spend this time moving myself around and there was this magical moment where there's this butterfly fluttering around me. The sun was just shining. I could have just breathed and enjoyed myself, but instead, I'm fucking chasing this butterfly around with my fucking selfie camera, and then I wake up and go, "That was really stupid." Or was it? Because, <laughs> no, because I, I felt like it was. I'll, because I I'll be honest with you. Butterfly. I'll be honest with you. What you just said is something I'm thinking a lot about, which is we're we're not that we're, not, and you didn't demonize it, but society is starting to demonize, like live in the moment, right? Mm-hmm. I, there's this photo that went viral as fuck like four years ago with the Pope and everyone's taking a photo and there's that like 88 year old lady and she's just looking at it and everyone's like trying to make it to be this great thing and I was like, she didn't have a fucking phone. <laughs> like, 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 yeah. like, like why are we making letters on a, like if I send you a really nice three sentence text tomorrow of like, how much I enjoyed today, right? Which now I'm not gonna do because I've said it out loud. <laughs> but like, like, why does putting it on a piece of paper and sending as a note because what? Because it made it seem like I put an extra two minutes into it. Like, like we're we're starting to do things where I think it's awesome that you chased around the butterfly. I think it's funny. <laughs> I think yeah. it's funny and interesting. And like, like I don't know. Like I don't want to fucking stand there and just take in the butterfly. <laughs> like, 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 I think it's fun to chase it with the camera. That was just fun from a game standpoint. Butterflies fucking move quick. Like that shit was hard. Like, you know, so like, I don't know. I, I, again, this goes to like the currents that we live in society where like right now, like everyone's like, just take it in. I don't know. I wish I had photos of me at baseball card shows. Do you know how fucking pissed I am? I'm, let, let me say this right now. Do you know how sad I am that I don't have photos from 1989 to 1992 at the 87 different baseball card shows that I have, because I'd like to see them. I'd like to see them. So like, cool, I'm glad that everybody's demonizing selfie sticks and all this shit, but I promise you, in 39 years, while you were making fun of those people, they're gonna be thrilled to look at it, and their kids are gonna be very thrilled to look at it. And I'm super sad, because I don't have jack shit of my childhood. Like, my throwback Thursday game is whack as fuck, because I got nothing, because us (laughs) Russians, we didn't really take photos, and so like, you know, like again, there is a yin and a yang to everything, yep. and we should be the judge and jury of it. And back to your point, if it was cool for two minutes to chase it with a selfie, cool. And then if you're like, fuck it, I'm an idiot, let me take this in, cool. And like, that's you and that's it. But everybody's taking everybody else's, like, I'm watching people like, like, like see one piece of content and be like, yeah, that's what I'm doing now. I'm gonna sell my phone and write letters. I'm like, and, and they do it to me in the other way, right? They're like, Gary's right, I'm gonna do this. No, I'm putting out my perspective, filter that through you, take the good that works for you from that, leave, like, leave the shit that you don't like. Most people aren't as competitive as I am. 
What's that fucking hockey thing called again? Sauce. Dude, I'm like still kind of like in it. Like I want to go back and play sauce again. Yeah. Like, you know, like not everybody's that, com- like that's why I love this. I love competing and business for me is competing and I wasn't built enough to be in the league. And by the way, all those years where I was sad that I wasn't an athlete, now I'm the happiest that I'm an entrepreneur, not an athlete. Now that I'm really in the game and the world, I'm, I feel bad for these athletes. You're super competitive. That is your high. That is what gets you excited. And and when you're a rock star, you could, like Mick Jagger is still doing it. But when you Kobe's not playing what he was meant to do. He's a child still. And look where he's going to the business world to get that fucking feeling. So I don't know. I don't know. I think I think what you're saying is a really good point though, because there's a way that you can put a hierarchy of value value in your life and valuable situations, right? And saying that if you're taking a selfie that is of no value because you should be taking the present moment, which is instead, it's still a judgment. It's still you putting a hierarchy together instead of just going out even further and bursting out of that and being like, there's no judgment for any of this shit as long as you're not hurting anybody. You want to hear a secret thought in my mind that I'm desperately hopeful will happen? This is a very weird thing I'm about to say. I've never shared this. There's a very big part of me and a conversation I consistently have with myself that secretly, though I won't force it, this is where I really know how to like play with myself. <laughs> I secretly hope I wake up one day and don't want to buy the Jets anymore and don't want to work the way I want to work and want to do something else completely left field and I can't wait to wake up, look in the camera and be like, I'm out and leave and not give a fuck what anybody says. <laughs> oh, he figured out that he couldn't do it so he did this. Or see, see, you can't work like Gary Vee. He got burned out. Like, don't give a fuck. If I genuinely in my soul feel it, I can't wait to go build fucking sandcastles in Peru for the rest of my life. <laughs> and, that's, and that's an empowering, yeah. you see where I'm going? It's so fucking empowering, and man. Because it. we get trapped by the identity that we've formerly Tom created. Tom Bellew said it, he pegged it for me. In a podcast, on my podcast, he flipped it on me. He goes, you know what your superpower is? I'm like, what? He's like, you don't judge yourself. I'm like, fuck, you're right. And that's what that was. This is why I'm so hot on this judgment thing. The great blessing of my life is that I don't judge myself. I hold myself accountable. Like it doesn't mean you go and be reckless. Um, I'm not delusional when I fuck up and I suck. It's just that I just don't overjudge it. Everyone's tearing themselves down. The fuck are you doing that for? Everybody else is doing it for you. Stop beating yourself up. Like what? Yeah, it's like we have this idea of what we should be, what we're supposed to already be. There is Look no should be. Whoever the fuck you are right now, whoever you are today is tomorrow's idiot. Like tomorrow, you're going to look back at yourself of yesterday, last week, last year, and be like, oh yeah, I was still just figuring it out. And you're always going to be in that Forever. fucking position. Forever. And parents, if you're listening right now, because you know that to be true, stop being a dick. Because <laughs> yeah. you know that you're 57 and you don't have anything figured out, the fuck are you pressuring your 19-year-old to figure it out? Can we just fucking eliminate that? Can, <laughs> yeah. Like, honestly, maybe we can do it right here. You'll get a lot of listens to this if this is the true moment in society where we eliminate <laughs> figuring it out. There is no fucking figuring it out. There is no out. It doesn't end. The fuck are you talking about? What, getting a job in an accounting firm when you're 23, you figured it the fuck out? Getting married at 29, you figured it out? What the fuck are we talking about here? There is no figuring it out. It's an endless, infinite loop of figuring. And so if you're a 57 year old and forcing your 22 year old to figure it out because you wanna look good to your friends that your child figured it out, not you want your kid ah, to Ah, the secret. Ah. The ego gets activated ah. again because you can shit on those other parents whose kids- You kid, should know better. You love your child, yeah. you should tell them to never figure it the fuck out. Just live. And you know what, can we talk, can we take another turn? Yeah. 
Another big thing that is through, because it's funny where my body just went with that. Like all this talk leads to me getting hot on people not buying things. Like I feel people are unbelievably good at trapping themselves in unhappiness because of things they buy based on a lot of things we just talked about. Like I don't know, like I don't want people to buy the kind of homes and cars they're buying that puts them into a place where they have to then take a job or stay at a job they don't want to. I'm really hot on this right now. Mm-hmm. I really, 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 really want people to stop buying homes or homes they can't afford. Like one of the funniest moves, cause I've said it once and I got inundated and I did it and I see everybody doing it. Almost everybody on their first home buy something that completely stretches the living shit out of them. Like to the bear. And then meanwhile, there's like usually five rooms in that thing that they don't even use. <laughs> like I wish that there could be a new rule. Somebody a little bit more in the trenches in home buying. Can somebody create a rule that like leave 35%, like like whatever it is, like go 35% down so you're not so stretched. Cause what happens is the next day, everyone celebrates you. You have a new home, you're all set. You're now fucking golden handcuffed like a motherfucker. Like nothing can happen to you financially or you can't make your mortgage payments and live the same lifestyle that you like. And how, and if you tried to make a switch and go to your passion, go to something that you really wanted to do, build fucking sandcastles in Peru, guess what? Well, that means that you have to get rid of your house really quick or change this all this momentum, all of this debt, all of this accumulation, all this depreciation is actually gonna restrict your freedom. 100%. And freedom, it has to be one of the highest things that we can put. Number one. Number one, I right? Think, I think purebred entrepreneurs love freedom, number one. I love freedom, number one. When people say to me, what does success look like? And I get asked a lot. I always say the same thing pretty consistently for a long time. Being able to wake up and do whatever the fuck I want, whenever I want, the end. That to me is number, freedom is number one, two, three, four, five. Maybe this is the first time I've ever made this connection. Maybe it's because I was born in not a very free place that subconsciously wired some way into me uh, that, I mean, freedom, bro. By the way, that's why candor and transparency are at my core. That's freedom too. That is 100% freedom. That's why I film everything. Imagine if you were trying to hold some shit secret. Like I just published a newsletter and it was was called Five Uncomfortable Truths. And it was the middle of the night and I was like, you know what? There's some shit that people don't know about me. Boom. And then so I just fucking put that out. Like here we go. Ah, isn't that nice? And everybody, feel free to tell the truth. It's okay. And if you don't like me because of my truths, oh yeah, one of my truths is is that I've been addicted to sleeping medication for the last year and I run a fucking human optimization company. Good for that's, you. That's tough. It's tough to admit that, you know? Tough? But it's the that's, fucking- Dude, <laughs> do you know how many people you just helped with that? Dude, that's incredible. Dude, I'm really proud of you, bro. Well, thanks, bro. It takes it's, an it's, enormous it's, amount of strength to do something like that. But it's that- so liberating. That's the thing. It's Eminem's last scene in the movie, bro. This has been figured out a long time ago. It was called Eight Mile, the movie. Go watch it. (laughs) It's a rap battle. That is life itself. You're up against it. First move, shit on yourself in perpetuity that (laughs) nothing else is left to anybody else. You've now won. (laughs) Because when he makes that transition to, but there's something I know about you, Clarence. That's how I live life. When people judge me, I'm like, What's going on in your life? <laughs> the reason I don't judge anybody is I don't want people to do that to me. That's the real game. That's the 1% game. When people spit hate, I'm like, but what's going on in your life? <laughs> what are you up to? And, and, and what I, the reason I called my brand empathy and the reason some of my friends have helped me through this feedback 
why I realize a lot of times it's actually sympathy, not empathy, and I'm trying to learn all these things. Every, you know, my mom has a Russian saying, and basically it translates to, everybody's got some shit in their chicken hen. <laughs> Russia was <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> but I believe in that. And I yeah. think the fact that you can do that, what you understand is a lot of things, but one of them is, you got, that, that's, I said it earlier, everybody sucks at a lot of things. No doubt, man. I mean, and who's it's just this about, fucking perfect person? And it's just about embracing that. Embrace the fact that you suck and, it's, Aubrey, and enjoy the Aubrey, suck. Let me tell you something that I think you and I represent, and we're not all the way there yet, but I, I, I have a real interesting observation. I believe that everybody thinks things are super fucked up, and I think this is the beginning of an incredible century of human behavior. I believe what we're living through right now, that when we look back at this video and we're gonna be like, fuck, we were so young, fuck, we looked good, and we're gonna watch this exact video in 60 years, and we're gonna be like, fuck, this was right. I'm so positive about what I'm about to say. This level of lack of privacy, some people like you and I are starting to understand it so well that we're leaning in in the other direction. There's always a reaction and a counter reaction. I believe that everybody's about to figure out that there's nowhere to hide, which is gonna lead for everybody being more transparent, which is gonna lead to people realizing they can't hide which is gonna eliminate so much of the hypocrisy. And once everybody understands that the skeletons in their closet are actually gonna be exposed anyway, we're gonna start transforming into a lot of the radical, what people think are, when you say your stuff, like open relationships, I laugh. I'm like, that's gonna be the norm in 100 years because the shadows were what enabled. Yeah, the ability to hold privacy, to keep secrecy, to not get caught. 100%. That allows these 100%. games, these games, of, 100%. Uh, these games to exist. And when systematic racism is going to have a problem, like, <laughs> all of like, these like it's like all of these things. So I don't know. I'm pretty thankful, and I've never been more optimistic in the future. I mean that. I mean, this is very healthy. It's I really what, do. I, th I think it's funny too, people who are super paranoid and they put little tape over their computer and stuff like that because they're worried that somehow fucking the forces that be are gonna catch them jerking off. Okay, if fucking Apple wants to come out with a video of me jerking off, that shit congratulations. Will go viral. That congratulations, that shit's gonna go viral. Apple. You win. I jerk off. That would be the like, best thing that want? ever happened to your brand. <laughs> um, like that's Apple what, leaks fucking Aubrey hope, Marcus like, webcam you jerk hope, off videos. You hope that happens. <laughs> That's exactly yeah. right, and that's where this is all gonna go. Like I keep telling everybody, like I took a lot of heat the last three or four years. There's a lot of content of me out there asked, as this started bubbling up, Gary, what about privacy? I'm like, nobody gives a fuck. <laughs> and the whole room would gasp. I'm like, I'm like, that's not me. That's not my opinion. I'm telling you based on your actions. Fuck Facebook, post it on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> like what are we doing out here? What are we doing out here? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like people talk. You know all your friends that were gonna move to Canada when Bush got reelected, or when Bob <laughs> Obama got reelected, or the ones that are saying it now when Trump gets reelected? Where are all those fuckers? None of people, I mean I know thousands of people that told me that, both parties, that's why I used all the presidents. They're not in Toronto. <laughs> They're still right the fuck here. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you know how many people tweet all sorts of things and then are living a complete, like it's just, let's get a little bit more thoughtful out here. Yeah. Yeah, and just fucking recognize the human nature of just figure everybody always you in the process. You could have had a period after the word nature there. That's it. Humans. 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 That's why I'm a good marketer. I understand people, right? And the reason I'm happy is I'm so grateful as somebody who's really good at it that I didn't manipulate it for bad. I'm trying to manipulate it for good.
Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And when you manipulate for good, you're not even manipulating, you're just exposing and you're allowing for different conversations. L- let me say this, because you have a very thoughtful audience, we have a good crew of peeps in here. This is real what I'm about to say. We have to rally around this. If you're in a good place, we have to start sharing more of it. Everybody's spitting hate and everyone's accepting that. Then you have people that are spitting positivity and people are shitting on those people. Like I get shit on, like it's, I'm watching this, this is amazing. We have to make positivity louder, but positivity has to be grounded in practicality. The reason I think my voice can be unique at times is because positivity often becomes delusional. Well, it becomes, you become the one who is positive. And when you become the one who is positive, when you have those negative thoughts bubbling up from the shadows, you better stuff those motherfuckers away in a drawer somewhere because you're the one who's positive all the time. Like, share your whole fucking journey. And if you're mostly positive, fucking great. And if you're mostly negative, don't blame it on other people. Just say, hey, I'm in a fucking tough spot world, but I'm figuring it out. And I appreciate all of you positive motherfuckers too. That's another thing. Everybody thinks everything that we share is the final score. When you're sharing that you're struggling at night, I view that as the other team just went on an 11-0 run. Yep. But it's still a second quarter. Yep. And I know you called a timeout and the home crowd booed you, <laughs> but the true fans didn't. Yeah. Go pay attention. This is such a good analogy. Go pay attention to this. Go, watch a- go to a basketball game, watch the home team go on a terrible run, and pay attention to who boos and who cheers. <laughs> Very interesting insight, and that's what happens. When you sent that email, there were people that booed. Sure. And then there were the real fans that cheered. Yeah. And that's how I see it. And so, why is everything that's happening in your life the definitive end score? It's a process. Some chapters are good. Some, if I was, like, I would have wished I could have watched my content from when I was in school. Those were dark times for me. I hated school, bro. Mm. I hated the fuck out of school. Like the anxiety I had every fucking two months that I had to be punished because my mom would ground me back to, this is where she did it great. I think one of the reasons I'm happy is my mom made me accountable for the ramifications, even if it wasn't like, like I was, I was in school. Like even though she knew that wasn't gonna dictate my life, she punished me and that fucked with me. I, who likes being punished? Like getting Nintendo taken away for two weeks fucking blows when you're 14. Wow. <laughs> yeah, That's man. Deep. Oh, to fuck with me bad. Dude, especially when you're just getting your Tecmo game going, you know? <laughs> I was just getting good at Tecmo Bowl and then three weeks off the grid and I come back and everyone's fucking schooling me Bo Jackson style. <laughs> I'm like, fuck mom, see? You know, like, so I don't know. I uh, I think that's right. I think people lack perspective. That's it. You know, man. one of the things that absolutely I've been sharing that has really been valuable is when I meet 57-year-old homies and I keep reminding them, like, you do know that you're gonna live for another 40 years. And like, why are you wrapping shit up? Oh, because your grandfather did. And that's what you saw. Conditioning. Correct. News alert, it's not 19 fucking 73 <laughs> anymore. Yep. Right? Like I'm sitting here, I'm 43 and I'm like, fuck man. Yes, I know and everybody loves, to, you could get hit by a bus. I'm like, cool and then I won't care. <laughs> but if not, like if I'm going for another 55, if I'm going for another 65 with modern medicine, like, Late second quarter. We're just getting started. I can handle eleven. Just getting started, baby. Right, but it's real. It is. It's real, and like I really want that. Like people, you know, how many people think they're 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 fucked up if they don't have shit figured out at thirty, like really fucked up. 
And it's too late. It's too late. I ruined it. I went left when I should have gone right, and here I am, and it's all fucked. I should have taken that job. My friend from Michigan State took that job, and he's got a nice house in the suburbs. I fucked up. I, I thought I was going to be a rock star. I'm like, dude, you haven't even started. <laughs> you haven't even started. Yes, sir. You know? What didn't Hello. we get to in your paper? We didn't get to anything on my paper. So let's but do I got Twitter fire. questions and shit. Let's all right, go. let's do it. Um, so one thing we want to talk about is the force that is the Chinese market and how you mm. view that. You we were just talking today. I don't know. Is that public information about K-Swiss? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So K-Swiss just got bought up by a Chinese conglomerate, as you were mentioning. It's a force. China won. It- <laughs> Let me just save everybody time. China won, and now it just plays out. I believe that. China will be the biggest empire in the world, and that fucks with Americans because it fucked with people in the UK when it was happening to them, and I'm sure the Romans weren't pumped either, and Genghis Khan's crew was pissed too. <laughs> uh, yep, you know, in the many things that we're living through, we're living through clearly the early stages of the transition of America losing its grasp as the number one alpha in the world. China's bought up all the infrastructure around Africa already. And Africa's not even happening for another 30 years. Like China won. That's a hell of a perspective. So all right, so how do so how do people how do people correct. how do people, companies, other people, how do we leverage this opportunity? How yeah. do we like, you know, what do we do? Start figuring fucking China out. <laughs> Figure out yeah. how they do business, what their culture's about, how you can do business there, how you can do business with them in other places. And also figure out that like plenty of people have won in the last 200 years that didn't live in America. Like there's you know, the richest man in the world was from Mexico a couple of years ago, right? Like, 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 and, and what does that even mean, right? Like this is back to like, you're gonna be quite easily happy, like, but there's a sense of like, fuck. We're not gonna be number one, fuck. <laughs> First of all, it's back to we. You're not America. <laughs> you just happen to live in it. Um, so yeah, but I, listen, I spend a lot of time, we're opening up an office in Singapore and that is kind of uh, with this summer, and so I'm gonna be spending a lot of time there. I am highly interested in doing business and learning the culture and foods and trends, and like, I think it's exciting. Like, I don't- yeah, I agree. Everything's, I don't has, everything's I don't an opportunity. That has nothing to do with me. This isn't the time of war anymore. <laughs> like, when Genghis Khan was fucking rising, that was a little scary, you know, because he was like, he was fucking you up, literally. Correct. Literally. Correct. China winning, it's okay, everybody, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. They win they win the business game. Like you're That's okay. Right. That's right. They're not gonna come fuck a beat down I'll, your house. I'll tell you where I they have one. I'll tell you what America's greatest weapon is and has been and greatest asset, Hollywood. Hollywood is America's greatest ammo. The culture of America is still the culture of America. And most people listening right now, if you for some reason didn't like the last five minutes, here's something you can latch on to. You will probably live all the way through your life with brand America and the American cultural impact as the core ecosystem. You know, the hip hop artists from the dirty south of Atlanta like become way more global stars, but we're already seeing it change a little bit, right? Like if you like look at new, look at America. Bad Bunny and Becky G and K-pop stars like, right? Like, you know, and like like when did you like none of us grew up with K-pop? Korean pop stars making 14-year-old blonde girls in Chicago scream, right? So like pay attention. Shit's happening. But mm-hmm. the American brand is a fucking beast. Yeah. Like a beast. Yeah. Yeah, you see that when you travel abroad. 100%. You know, like no matter what There's they think status. about politics or yes. business or whatever else, yes. like 
the culture, the movies, the music. But China's done shit. They're innovating on AI. They're doing shit. They're building fucking like transportation hubs through their entire country. Like they've invested in Africans and the resources there. They, they're like building great companies. Like they're doing shit because they have a form of dictatorship and capitalism that allows you to get shit done. China runs its co- country much more similar to the way you and I run our companies than America. You let you you don't micromanage anything except when you have something that you need to get done. <laughs> right. That's what I do. I don't micromanage shit. But then if I have an agenda, then it gets done and it gets done fast and that's why China's getting a lot of things done. That's really fucking interesting, man. That's, that's I know a cool it is. perspective. Thank you. All right, Nick Perna 13, how do you deal with distancing friends that slow down your future goals? Um, first, by making sure that I'm not being an audacious dick. That's number one, really, I mean it. Like, all of a sudden you decided you're gonna be successful and your homies aren't good enough for you, like, don't be a dick, mm-hmm. number one. Number two, by trying to over-communicate, if these are true friends, over-communicate the path that you're on and try to get them motivated and excited to be on it with you. Number three, after you did number one and two, heavily, because these are friends now. Number three is just limiting the interaction. You know, maybe going from hanging out every second and every day to hanging out three times a week. Limiting things that you feel are actually detrimental to you. Right, rather than that hard cut that we think right. we have to do. Yeah, everyone's like, oh, my friend smokes too much weed all day and he's fucking loser, he's not going anywhere. Now I just started watching this content, I'm fucking fired up and I'm gonna be a fucking winner. Like, you're out, Dominic. Yo, Dominic's (laughs) been your boy for fucking 20 years. Don't be a dick. Like, first, like, first, I mean, but but we're all laughing because we actually know this is happening. You know, so like, and it's funny, as the person that sometimes is making the content that's making that happen, I don't want that. (laughs) I want this. This is the process. First, look at yourself. Are you full of shit? Second, try to put your people on with you. Let's do this together, let's go. Try to hype them up. Then third, if that doesn't work and you're, and you're actually genuinely feeling it and saying like, you know, I'm ready, like I feel like I'm getting sucked into that negativity or passiveness and I wanna go on a different path, you can go do that, but you can still have that relationship. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and I'm just gonna add on this because it's important. I believe it's even more of a conversation with your family. There's a lot of people right now really struggling with their transition because they have a negative mother or father. And it's, and it's a force in their life that is really fucking them up. And I don't think you need to cut out dad, but maybe you don't have to answer every one of his calls where you know the call is gonna be negative. Yep, just limit it. Just limit it. Instead of those hard cuts, that, that black and white, that binary thing, good for computer code, Kind of shitty for life, yeah. you know, kind of yeah. shitty for life yeah. to have to have that binary yeah. philosophy, yeah. right? You know, like the person who's most in control, and I know I've used this analogy, but most in control of drinking isn't the one who can't be around to drink, never step into a bar, never have a taste, because if they do, they're going to end up in a fucking yeah. back alley with a needle in their yeah. arm and seven yeah. hookers, right? Yeah. Like if you're that mentality, like you're not really over being an alcoholic. No. Like if you can have a drink and like be moderate, you're really more in control. And if you can be around Dominic or, the weed smoker or, and have a good time every once in a while, you're 100%. better off. Or if you can take that energy to something else. Yeah. Like, you know, if you can deploy that energy to something else, there's also that part of the equation. But I agree with you. Last question. Um, at Issy Calbra asks, what is the legacy that you want to leave behind? That I gave more than I took. It's very clear to me. I'm very passionate about this. I want to guilt the world to come to my funeral. <laughs> I do. 
I, it's very like ludicrous. I'm telling you right now, I think about my, the attendance of my funeral often. <laughs> I do, I think it's the great scorecard. I think in sports, I've used a ton of analogies. I think everything could, I, the Mets were playing game six of the World Series in 1986 in their home stadium and the scoreboard said, congratulations, Boston Red Sox, 1986 champions, because they were down three to one, I think the score was, they were down two runs and there was two outs and nobody on in the bottom of the ninth in game six of the World Series and Boston was up three two and they won that World Series. If you're 74 years old listening right now and you're a fuck up through and through all the way, I think you can be the 86 Mets. I really believe that. I really think that's cool. I, yes, I'm optimistic. It's also real. That's truth. And so I think the final score is when you die. And I think the scoreboard is how many people show up to your fucking funeral. <laughs> that is my perspective on life. And so my legacy will be, will Nick Dio, who spent meaningful time with me at some point in our lives, hopefully forever, but if he goes on to, like, will he feel so compelled when he's in Arizona doing whatever he's doing with his life that when he hears the news, will he be so compelled? Nick, how old are you? So I'm 40, 15 years. So will 86-year-old Nick Dio in Arizona doing his thing when he hears the news that 101-year-old Gary has gone, seven-time Super Bowl champion owner Gary Vaynerchuk <laughs> has passed, you know, Will he feel compelled? Like, will he feel it in his gut that he has to go, you know, um, to that funeral? Is something I think about a lot because it takes a lot to do that, right? There's a big difference between posting a photo on whatever the Instagram is or the hologram he makes or the fucking VR world we live in. Very different than because he hurt his hip because he works out a lot and now he's degenerate hip in fucking 86 in Arizona mm -hmm. and flying fucking sucks or whatever the fuck we do now, time machine shit or whatever the fuck's going on. Will he put in the effort to go to the funeral? I think the level of value that I need to bring Nick Dio 86 is a lot, a lot more than people think to get him to get up and get on that plane or whatever and that's what I'm trying to do. Well, you're gonna have to scatter your ashes over that Jet Stadium because there's gonna be a For lot of sure. people come to that funeral, brother. I'm, I really hope so. And, and honestly, one of the things to wrap it up, I also think that we need more people with ambitions like that. Like people hear that sometimes and I'll take like a razz and they're like, you were so full of yourself. I'm like, are you listening to what I'm saying? I'm saying that I wanna impact people in a positive enough way. Like it's, we need to have, I think people need to have bigger ambitions on impact. Selflessness, you know, humility. These are things that need to be attractive. Yeah. I think the biggest winners I know are humble. I mean that, truly humble, when nobody's paying attention. You know, how do they, like, I, bro, I don't have a lot of friends because I'm busy and I want to spend time with my family. Do you know how much I, do you understand why I even interact with you? It's how you interact with somebody when we walk into a gym to play basketball. Like, that's what, people are gonna be nice to me, especially now. Like, I watch everybody. I'm collecting data 24 seven. How are people interacting with other people? Who are they in their fucking soul? Are you smiling at a stranger when you're, do you know my favorite thing to do in life? I did the other day, like it just really hit me like, God, I love this. God, I love my fucking parents and DNA and circumstance. Do you know how fun it is to walk in an airport and look at somebody and just smile dead in their face and get them to smile at you back? It's nice. It's nice. I like that shit, man.
Positivity is underrated. Underrated. No doubt. And there's always that opportunity to do it. When I told that kid he was riding that BMX bike and cruising through, and he was kind of ripping through my lawn oh, and stuff. And I it took was like, note. And I was, was like, like, you're the best. When I, when I went to that and I was like, man. My dad would have punched sick, that kid in the face. Yeah, like, my dad would have ran BMX down <laughs> with a stick and punched. Like, and it, I mean it. Right. Like, like, that's so rad that you did it. So what did you say? No, I just gave him a compliment. I was like, man, you're a pretty sick BMX rider, kid. Like, I didn't say kid. I said, yeah, dude. dude. Yeah. And what did he say? And he was like, thanks, thanks man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But he was like stoked, you know? And I was actually appreciative that he had the courage to do that shit in my yard. As I was shooting hoops, I got fucking tats. I had my shirt off. Yeah. I'm fucking shooting hoops out yeah. there. Like, I'm obviously, and he was just fucking ripping it. And I was like, good for you, man. Like, And for that kid job. that's listening right now, if you also would have got punched directly in the face, both are right. <laughs> no, I mean it. It's the yeah. point. Like, to wrap up this whole conversation, like, like, that's what's so interesting about life. It is not binary in that way, right? Like, it would be super acceptable and understanding to many listening right now, if somebody rolls into their yard and doing that shit with a bike and tearing up their shit, that if the person with tats and fucking diesel comes out and fucking creates some warfare, like, people <laughs> understand that, too. And, like, and to, for that kid, that's right, too. Yeah. Like, like, it's all right. Yeah. It's all fucking right. Just a choice. Yep. Just a choice. Thank you, brother. Thank you, bro. I appreciate it, my man. Let's have fun tonight. Can't wait. Let's do it. Thanks, everybody. Peace. Thanks for tuning into this podcast with Gary Vaynerchuk. Definitely follow him on Instagram. He puts out content on the regular that's incredible and motivating and insightful. I mean, there's going to be things that you're going to learn just from following him. We also have a ton of content coming out. We have my speech that I did at the Design Your Life event. Please check that out on YouTube. You can find all of that on my social media as well as through aubreymarcus.com. And then once again, go to onit.com slash Aubrey. Go to that URL. Save yourself your 10% and get all the good shit. Thank you so much, everybody. I'm looking forward to seeing you with Paul Check next week.